1: Southern Threaded Podcast. Tatum takes it, makes it. Oh, that's you to back that up. That's awesome. That is awesome.
0: Hello. Everyone. Welcome to the Celtic Tomato Podcast. My name is Ben Ballas, a.k.a. Brittle Gash. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining us. We've got Joe here with us, a.k.a. Nose McFly from over there in New Zealand. Joe, it's been about a month, man, since our last podcast.
1: How's it going? It's good, man. Are you, um, well, I guess we're just all used to the COVID language now. You know, we think in terms of cases and clusters and bubbles and recoveries. Yeah. I think yeah. we're doing
0: pretty well down this, this corner of the planet, all things considered relative to the rest of the globe. But yeah, it's, we're all living like this global lifestyle at the moment, it's I nice, suppose.
1: It's nice to have um, several, several kilometers of open sea between us and the... <laughs> yeah, and then, nice to be isolated for once. Oh, isn't it just, eh? Yeah, no, we're very lucky to have it. I saw um Jacinda, the cuz, got a shout out from Steve Kerr today.
0: What, just for doing a, a top's job at handling this this whole situation? I believe or? his quote was,
1: we need our own Jacinda, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> what,
0: in the front office there in, in Golden State?
1: Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> 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 they probably could have used Jacinda when Kevin Durant was doing his Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Nice. So, so what's going on? What's going so, on, man? W- well, I've got a yarn. I've got a yarn for, for you 90s kids out there. It's really for the 90s. Or if you're born in the 80s.
0: Is this a Last Dance related
1: yarn? Triggered by the Last Dance? In a way. In a way. It's certainly not unrelated. So I'm going to take a a couple of... Well, I probably was actually... It would have been probably a Monday night. It was actually, come to think of it. I was up at the Olds Place, you know, because we're in the bubble um, during lockdown. I'm pretty sure we would have watched The Last Dance. And actually, it would have triggered me that, oh, I've got some old basketball cards in the cupboard, you know, at my mum and dad's place. I thought, oh, it's probably time I actually cleaned all my, the last little bits of stuff I have out of mum and dad's. I'm a grown-up. I can, <laughs> I can, you know, <laughs> ease that burden on them. So I cleaned out the basketball cards, and that, that was all good, and I just took them down to my house and kind of forgot about them. Um, anyway, there's a couple of buy-and-sell groups on Facebook that I belong to, and... um it was for for musical instruments and so um but one day you know facebook will suggest links and i saw a basketball card come up and i thought oh i bet there's trading card groups you know that would be kind of fun i want you know because i've always thought it'd be cool to buy the cards that i couldn't get when i was you know when i was a kid Mm -hmm. so i jump onto the onto this group join the group you know you've got to answer a few a few basic questions um and, and, and they approved me straight away. Very efficient moderators. By the way, shout the, the out to the... The must have been stellar, by the way. <laughs> it's just yes and yes. I think they just... It was like a, the equivalent of a capture, you know? Is MJ the goat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyway, um, and by the way, shout out to the um, NBA trading card New Zealand group on Facebook. I reckon there's like half a chance that one of you listens to this. So if you're on there... Um, <laughs> Hit me up, maybe be a guest anyway. So, the um, one of the first posts I sort of looked at was this guy, and uh, you know, they say, Oh, hey, check out this card porn, you know, look, this cool stuff we've got. And um, <laughs> and one of the guys, I look through it and I see a photo of a particular card, I'm like, Oh, shivers, that looks familiar. And it was Taco th- for This card here, can you read what that says?
0: That says it's. It says Michael Jordan, it's just out of, it's a little bit out of the camera view there, but it says, it's definitely a Michael Jordan card, soul of yeah. the something, soul of the game.
1: Michael Jordan, soul of the game. Do you want to just quickly wow. do a quick little um, little search on eBay for that? That's from the... Uh... Wow.
0: Michael Jordan, soul of the now, game. It's context. S-O-U-L... Not yes. S-O-L-E for in terms of the shoe Oh, now, it's auto-completed my search for me This, is, this must be good Okay, so now Sc- just, Is, is, it, just for is context, it a Skybox Premium?
1: Skybox Premium, just for context This card, it's in a hard case But not like a screw-down hard case So this just sure. gives you an idea of when I was collecting cards Exactly, you know, what, where I thought it felt It sat on the totem pole It was good enough for a hard case <laughs> But not for like a s- screw-down case You want to have, have a look at some of those prices? <laughs>
0: I'm looking at, I'm looking at two twenty four hundred dollars US here on Collectors. dot com for that card. <laughs> um, and, and for the listeners out there, like Joe is showing me a, a heavily protected card. It's not screwed, like he said. <laughs> no, but it's in good nick. It, it but is is well protected. It's in good <laughs> nick, as he says. Um, so dare I ask, like, what did you get this for? Was it
1: a steal? I I, I think I would have pulled it out of a pack back in. Back in, uh, back when I was able to buy ninety eight ninety nine Skybox, I've still got some of the foil packs. I, I okay, don't even so I don't even you... like it. <laughs> I don't even think it's that cool. But so I was I was a little were.
0: confused there. So you didn't you didn't buy that from the no. the card selling Facebook group that you no, joined. You actually just I pulled it out it. of your collection. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> it,
1: I would have bought it out of pa- it would have been in a pack that I bought in the early two thousands or late nineties. Yeah, right. And um and I just I thought well it's Michael Jordan. It's an insert, and you know. So we'll, we'll put that in the hard case And, and completely forgot I had it And I'd flipped through the cards just previously And then I saw this thing pop up And I was like, holy moly, maybe it's worth something And, <laughs> bro, I don't know if you've kept up Because I haven't This has been an education for me in the last 24 hours Trading cards have gone nuts like they have Since gone- when? So, as best I can figure it out is Do you know who Gary Vee is on YouTube? Like he's like a... No I have no idea. I reckon you might, bros. I'm, I'm just going to... This might be bad radio, but I'm just... Lots of people will know who I'm talking about. It's Gary Vaynerchuk or something like that. I reckon it's you not
0: would- to say that that person isn't or shouldn't be well-known. It's more to say that I, I live a sheltered, a sheltered life. It, it, it,
1: Led Zeppelin and say- the Boston
0: Celtics. That's it. <laughs> all I'm going to say is that it's
1: pretty hard to not have come across some of these guys... There's These guys This guy's videos on, on On YouTube I'm just gonna send you A quick link Yeah sorry You might have to edit this out But Anyway So apparently He did this thing And he was like You know If you were into Collecting sneakers Or whatever You need to start Getting into Collecting cards And he's got this Huge following Um And Um And yeah So apparently That was a big catalyst For it It's bizarre to yeah, me Yeah right Cause Cause I'm looking at this card And I'm like I mean it's alright. right <laughs> I'm not well, gonna sell. Yeah, I mean, it if you don't like I, it, I'm gonna sell. If you don't it. like it, I'll you know I'll take it off you. That's you know if you're
0: not a fan of it, you know just send it over here, old. I'll, I'll hold it for you. <laughs> don't
1: get me wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna be capitalist about this and sell this thing. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, I would expect so. <laughs> but what this got me down is like Memory Lane on cards. I was like, man, there are cards that I really really like. Um, and I was like, what? I thought you know what. You know, i might talk to you, Ben. I'm sure you had, you know, some interesting basketball cards and at some point in your in your youth. Um, I know you've sent me some, you know, little souvenirs. Um, yeah, what what's your memory, man? Like, you sh- do you have any cards? You should have a dig through.
0: I I couldn't tell you a single specific card. Like, I, I'm not. I've never been that into it where I could give you the, you know, like the. I don't know what what they're. Um, unique identifiers on cards are if it's like serial numbers or whatever but i can tell you that a a series of basketball cards is what made me a boston Celtics fan in the first place where when when i was a kid and we moved to thailand my parents were teachers and they taught at an american school over there in thailand um and i went there and and obviously became the friends of, of american kids at that school they got me into trading cards and larry i think i've told this story before on the podcast but larry bird Uh, And there were some of the first cards that I saw And they were older, sort of 80s messed up Larry Bird cards And he just looked like my dad's mates down the footy club Like (laughs) just those guys who, you know, were sort of, you know Less about playing footy, more about the pub hang afterwards Um, And they were just such a familiar image to me With that sort of mullet and the short shorts And the um, not athletic looking athlete and uh he just struck a call with me, and that's what actually made me um focus on the Celtics as a team going forward uh so i I guess that's my basketball card story, but you know I've got f- folders upon folders of basketball cards, but I couldn't tell you like, oh, I've got the ninety two skybox elite whatever like i don't I don't know my cards like that
1: yeah, anyway, th- that's my yarn
0: over the last few days we've seen some really promising signs of a returning nba season and on the 20th of may adrian Wojnarowski reported with zach low nba teams are expecting the league office will issue guidelines around june one that will allow franchises to start recalling players who've left their markets to return as a first step towards a formal ramp up for this season's presumption joe is this really happening man like what's been your reaction to this and like do you think they'll resume the season how do you feel about that
1: Oh, I I would have called BS on anyone Who involved who said they weren't trying to Like there's so right. much money at stake I mean <laughs> they, they they have to You know like it, to me Like if they don't come back it's because it was Impossible like anything else In that just doesn't make any sense they've got every Incentive to come back every incentive So I wasn't su- Surprised it's just more whether It's possible and and the states is slightly Different to here Um, We shared some uh, got somebody posted on the uh Reddit NBA forum um that they um should just move the NBA to New Zealand. <laughs> Hell yeah, especially
0: now that they're opening up uh borders it seems like from New South Wales where I live to New Zealand
1: for travel. Oh, I'm suddenly a, a a huge fan for that for that idea. Well yeah, we need that. I'm looking forward to uh I'm looking forward to being able to get get out of the country. It's gonna feel like a rare privilege, you know. Um uh-huh. to just be able to do it. But anyway, yeah. Australia probably a bit of bit, but um, for hosting, you think they could put it at Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, <laughs> never again.
0: Uh, user Jalen Brown oh seven on Celtics Reddit uh, writes: "I really want to watch basketball, but player safety comes first. Does that does that weigh into your? Because you sound like you're all for it, and I I am as well from a selfish um, like I just want to watch basketball perspective." But there is that element of, of safety and like, could there be an outbreak? Could some of these players, you know, take COVID-19 back to their families or, you know what I mean? Like, could it all blow up because as soon as they assemble everybody, someone's had it, they've been asymptomatic and then it blows up on the campus or the bubble anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how, how do you feel about that aspect of it?
1: Well, I'm interested in kind of how you see it, Ben, but like from down here, like in New Zealand, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm like the the majority here, but like, there's a lot of people who feel like me and that's like, so in New Zealand, we've currently got like 27 people in the whole country with it and no, like we've had, you know, like maximum one person a day, get it for the last two or three weeks. It's kind of at the point with, and and that obviously I, I, I tell you that just to give you an idea of kind of maybe how you start to feel about it. And I'm kind of like, well, like no one's got it <laughs> anymore here you know and we've had 21 people die i think in new zealand out of 1500 that that got it at all mm-hmm. so you know we're talking what's that 1% you know of people who get it would have have passed on and 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 all of those people had you know pre-existing some sort of pre-existing condition um that's not true for everywhere in the world, I understand that, but I just say that to understand where, where my perspective might be coming from, where I'm like, now I feel like, like before this started, we had no idea what it would look like, absolutely no idea. Well, we're two months into this thing now, and we kind of have a little bit of an idea of kind of what happens, like, it's yeah. really, really friggin' bad if it gets into rest time, right? Like, I don't know what's mm-hmm. happening in Australia, but New Zealand basically... I would say three quarters of the deaths have come from rest homes, right? Um, I, don't, I don't want to understate. Like I'm sure there's long term health effects of people that do get it and survive. But where I, where I'm coming from is I'm like I don't know that this thing is as catastrophic as we first feared, and 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 for that reason I'm like I don't like it's it's actually getting a little hard for me to comprehend the fear. Or like mm-hmm. maybe to empathize with it and the way that I maybe I was able to do like when Rudy Gobert first tested for it, it honestly felt like all oh, hell was about to break loose. And now it kinda doesn't.
0: Yeah, how how different does it feel from that sort of mid March to mid April period to now, right? Like there it definitely does feel like there's been an easing of the pressure. Even in the US, just from people that I've spoken to there, obviously their numbers are still crazy, crazy high. Um, and even if you do like a per capita comparison to New Zealand and Australia, their numbers are insanely high but it it does feel like the um like the tension has kind of been eased a little bit um and I understand based on what you you've said like why that is the case in in our countries um I don't necessarily understand why that is the case in the states where there's still a huge amount of people dying and I think that's that's the concern for a lot of people there who are who are fans of the Celtics because they live in Boston. Uh, and, and Massachusetts is one of the, the areas that, that has been more heavily affected. I, I, I guess I do understand their concern. And, like, Carl uh, Anthony Towns' mother died of the virus. Like, there has been a sort of more of an acute effect around the NBA as a result, as opposed to us, where we're, I feel like we're a little bit more distanced from it, which I'm thankful to, to say, but it is the case.
1: I, I mean, I'm I'm happy to admit that I'm kind of shooting from the hip here. And just kinda of calling it as I see it and that there will be things that I, I, I won't consi- have considered, you know? But truthfully, my exp- like New Zealand is basically a bubble. Right? We are a bubble. And Australia is basically a bubble too. Except for the odd cruise ship that you let <laughs> undock undocked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a cock up.
0: <laughs> no no one's perfect. Especially <laughs> no one's- the Australian Liberal government. But that's that's for another podcast by other people, thankfully. <laughs>
1: Anyway, um, so I guess for me, I'm like, well we have this experience in New Zealand of what it looks like when the bubbles actually shut off. And what it looks like is very, very minimal consequence. Like it yep. yeah, from a health perspective. From an economic perspective, <laughs> it's atrocious. <laughs> but um, but like if they lock them up at Disney World, they'll be fine. Like I promise you, yeah, they'll be fine. You know, um, and and if it was if I was an NBA player, I would be doing it, and I and I there's every incentive to do it. Like you know, you if you're a, a marginal NBA player, I mean, I mean, th- think about what it's going to do to this <laughs> yeah. I would just want to play anyway, just as an athlete. Like I'd be bored after two months, you know, and truthfully. Truthfully, the odds of 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 them getting COVID nineteen if they have a if they have an enforced bubble, right? Like it, they're actually quarantined in this place, and you know it's just um it's just essential services and food deliveries that are that are basically allowed in and out. Like they're not gonna get it. Like it, it I can't say that with like one you know one hundred percent certainty, but ninety nine point nine nine percent certainty. And there of course, you're still test and all the rest of it, you know, but it's just, it's actually so unlikely. You know, if you have yeah, a... Cor- so,
0: so that, that Woj tweet was May 20. May 21, Shams Surania writes, the NBA has informed its teams that they uh, have engaged in discussions with several national coronavirus testing providers, which will be a quote, a central component of any subsequent plan to restart the 2019 NBA season, which to me is like that's sweet, right? Yeah. Like that's a very yeah. organized approach where we're going to be coming back. Like let's make sure we can test everyone all the time um, and ensure that if there are any outbreaks do occur, you know, within the bubble, we can contain them within the bubble, so to speak. Um, I think that's a really uh, mature. Approach and organized approach by the NBA to ensure that they have that capability. And it's a sign that it's not just a reckless, like, whatever, like, numbers are going down, people are relaxing, let's assemble everyone in a bubble and make it happen. They've actually got strategies in place to ensure, like, the health and safety of everybody, which I think um, would ease some of those concerns. But there is more information there. So on May 23, NBA spokesperson Mike Bass stated that the NBA is in talks to resume play at Disney's ESPN. Wide world of sports, and there's there's more information coming out, little bits of information rather trickling out on a day to day basis. But rewind over a month ago, April 17, Keith Smith, who wrote an article for Yahoo Sport titled "Why Walt Disney World Would Be the Ideal Spot for the NBA to Salvage Its Season," sort of predicting this thing more than a month in advance. And you know, it turns out Keith Smith, before becoming a full time NBA sports writer actually used to work for the Disney Corporation, so I would imagine that has a lot to do with it, but it has a lot of information that, you know, while this is over a month old, is is suddenly becoming increasingly relevant. So the article is well worth a read, but to summarize it very quickly, it basically says there's a shitload of hotels in what could be a contained area. Two hotels in particular, the Disney Art of Animation Resort and the Pop Century Resort are just down the road from the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. Inside of and surrounding these hotel complexes, plenty of food service facilities to feed the players and everyone else involved. The Wide World of Sports Complex has room for multiple games, practices, and everything at the same time. It also sounds like for some of the arenas like the Visa Center and just the arena, it's called... They're designed such that multiple individual basketball courts would be set up inside of them, potentially all occurring at the same time. So multiple games going on together within the one dome or arena. All of them are the arenas, rather, are broadcast ready. And pro sports have been declared an essential service by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, which is, I guess, whatever opinion you might have on that. It obviously supports the uh, the movement to get to get basketball happening again. And finally the ease of creating a bubble within that complex compared to other sites considered such as Las Vegas. So th- there's plenty more information in the article and it's definitely worth a read because I, you know, I guess at the time, April 17, we just had no idea what, if anything, at all would be happening. So you could say it was a highly speculative article at the time, but now looking back, it's, it's suddenly, it's like very clairvoyant
1: uh, and it contains this full logistical blueprint for how this is going to work out. I, I read the article when it first Came out. I follow Keith Smith, and um, and it seemed you know it's it seemed credible when I read it. I was like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was probably looking, but to me, that was like how it was going to work. I remember like a few months ago, we were like, why don't they just do it on a cruise ship or like a cruise ship or something like that? You know? Do you remember (laughs) having that conversation? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone has to play in jean
0: shorts, (laughs) (laughs) denim jerseys. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember seeing him tweet the article. I, I follow Keith Smith as well because he was like more, um, I don't want to say small-time Celtics, but year, you know, that, yeah. that's where he started. He <laughs> was part-time and now he's sort of risen through the ranks, but I've, I followed him for a while. But I didn't read it at the time because I just thought this is just another thing trying to get people clicking on it and reading it. for. It, there's a thirst for the for the season to come back, but now it's it's crazy in hindsight how accurate that was.
1: Well, I, I honestly wonder whether, and I hope, I, I for him, I hope it was his idea that got it rolling. You know, I hope someone saw his article and was like, "Hey, we could do this." Because how, like, I've emailed Adam Silver ideas before, you know, and I just think it would be so <laughs> yeah. cool if that's what kind of got it rolling. And it looks like if it's going to go ahead, it looks like the Disney World thing's going to be it. So, um, yeah, great, good for you, Keith Smith. The lack of a crowd doesn't
0: mean, you know, say there's an NBA game, proper NBA game, maybe it's the playoffs, you know, in a singular arena. No one else is there but the two teams, their staff and the broadcast team. If you're Jalen Brown dribbling down the court by the broadcast desk, can you hear, like, Mike Breen being like, Jalen Brown is coming? Like, can you hear your own commentary you know what I mean? Because there's no crowd sound drowning it out or anything like that. Like, can you can you hear your whole your your own games commentary the whole time? Because they're right next to the court. You know oh, what I mean? Like, is is that a thing? Does I that know, affect can, players when you're when you're playing? Can you hear chat from the sidelines? I guess not. But no one is speaking as emphatically as Marv Albert or, or Mike Breen. You know, <laughs> bang. like no one... <laughs> Yeah, like at some point you must
1: hear like a bang or two, right? That's got to be a thing. I, I think you would hear. It. I'm just kind of relating it to my own experience playing where like you can hear comments but you don't necessarily know who they're coming from it's more but the stuff that i'm hearing is more generic you know like good job <laughs> great effort good job sort of chair, you yeah. know just general just general um sort of team you know sort of idle compliments
0: um well look uh they're opening the border soon between new south wales and new zealand so jackson and i shout out to jackson by the way who's not here on this one we'll fly over and next time you have a rec league game we'll (laughs) we'll we'll do like a sort of a a, a mike breen chris webber combination thing or a doris burke and um, you let us know afterwards if if you can hear us and we'll report back to the 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 very curious people out there
1: It's so funny. Uh, uh, what the the this border thing actually hasn't been really news in New Zealand. Like <laughs> it's it's funny. Anyway, sorry, this that's a total sidebar discussion.
0: But No, no. I mean it's the whole the whole thing's news everywhere really, so um I am sure it's it's gonna come out at some point. But uh, one final point on the reopening of the league. Bill Simmons put out, you know, his his weekly Sunday night podcast with Brasillo. I was just listening to it earlier today. I'm only halfway through it, but he said on the pod that the league has tentatively set July the twenty fifth as the playoff start date. So that's what they've informed GMs, uh, and the last day of the finals would be September twentieth. And we, I think we've all heard before that the league uh, would resume the following season around Christmas, twenty twenty, uh, which is interesting because it, it probably indicates that there will be some form of a regular season closure if they're planning to start in, um, you know, in late June or early July or something like that.
1: Yeah, there's. Do, do you know the reasons for that, Ben? I, I can uh, give no, you some No, Not specifically. Okay, so basically, most um, so teams have agreements with their local sports network, right? So with 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 the Celtics, it's Comcast, or was it NBC Sports New England? I forget which one it is now. It's the same same thing. Whoever it is that mm-hmm. Mike, you know, Mike Mike and Tommy broadcast for, so they normally yeah. have to provide a minimum of seventy games to those. Um, To those broadcasters to fulfill their contracts So most teams So the Celtics are at 64 games Some teams are at 67 games So you're talking a gap of like 3-6 to games So there's a huge incentive For them to at least get to 70 games On the regular season That's why So because otherwise Otherwise it probably wouldn't be that much of a You know otherwise why bother Right like if you're functionally Eliminated from the playoffs Why bother having them play um, sure. But that's that that would be why, so they can fulfill those uh, yeah fulfill their contracts, and that obviously has an effect on the salary cap, which has an effect on player movement.
0: Yeah, and it has a, an effect on the Celtics specifically as well, where we've just given Jalen Brown a, a pretty hefty contract, and we're looking to max Jason Tatum uh, pretty soon. Joe, com- compared to how you were feeling back in February as the regular season was beginning to wrap up, how are you feeling about the Celtics? Uh, as this sort of of end-of-season format is starting to become a reality. As a Celtics fan, (laughs) how
1: do you feel going into all of this? Can you even remember what it's like watching the Celtics?
0: (laughs) A little bit. I've done a full Timmy Timmy video breakdown recently, and I've watched all the the highlights, um, but none of the lowlights, because Timmy fortunately doesn't compile those. Timmy keeps it posy. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Yeah. Old Posse Timmy. Uh so, positive so, Yeah, I just I don't know. I feel I feel pretty good about them. Um a user the Wet Snail One writes, I'll be honest, I'm I'm scared of a first round matchup matchup versus Philly. They kicked their asses twice this year. He also says, uh, if Katie comes back, it would be less than ideal to face the Nets, but if it's just Kyrie, then bring it on. I'd love to sweep his ass off from the edge of the earth. Um, KD is not coming back. That, that's been confirmed. But, um, and I'm oh, not worried about the Nets it. at all, but in the case oh, of Philly, they, they were struggling on the road but doing quite well at, at home. home. Is this their home court advantage being taken away or is this their struggles on the road being nullified? Like when it comes to neutral territory, how does that affect a team like Philly? And how do you feel about the Celtics going in on a matchup against
1: maybe a more talented roster on neutral grounds? It's a new season, man. Like it really is. <laughs> you know, it's as much of a gap. It's almost as much of a gap as we. Well, it's not almost. It's half the gap that we'd normally have in a, in a normal off season, right? So, yeah. What do I think? I like. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that a lot of that matchup stuff, kind of that history. I feel like it doesn't apply the same way. Like it may be relevant, but it may not be. Whereas I would say it would be very relevant if it were just heading into a normal playoff. Um, I I would think, man, like Tatum was just breaking out. Like, is that going to continue? I don't know. Um, it's going well, yeah. to hurt his averages because he was on track to get up to like twenty four a game, but he's not going to have enough games to to get there now. I don't think. Um. So, but yeah, I do like I, I. I mean, my first thought was like, I hope he keeps like I hope his progress continues apace, pace. You know, um, it's not a guarantee. Yeah. Well, Kemba will be more rested. Gordo will be more
0: rested, and and with um, you know, particularly Kemba, it was a I need to sit out as many games as possible to rest my knee situation. Like, in theory, he's healthy now, right? And and how does that affect Tatum's? Usage rate and and how many plays Brad's calling for him. And then you look at the injury-prone sixes and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have kind of been struggling with injuries all season. Like now they're back, now they're theoretically healthy, although hopefully, fingers crossed, Joel Embiid returns out of shape like he does at the start of most seasons. Um, <laughs> we're kind of, they, we're kind they, of
1: all <laughs> expecting it, aren't we?
0: <laughs> I hope so. Same with Jokic as well, uh, because, you know, <laughs> screw the Nuggets. The Sixers have benefited from this sort of home court advantage all season. They've been terrible on the road. Suddenly, it's neither, and they're potentially our first round matchup. Like that, that concerns me a little bit because perhaps on paper they're they're they are a more talented roster, and like it could be a first round knockout for the for the Seas.
1: Yeah, it could be. I think you know we really we really wanted Philly to be able to chase down Indiana for that five spot. Um. I'm like struggling to remember the standings now, you know. But we've been we, a while. Yeah, it has been a while. Yeah, once because we're kind of locked into the we're kind of locked into the three seed. So we, yeah, I, I don't. The fan in me is 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 like I actually just want to see a great series. Like I'd love to play Philadelphia, you know. But like if we want to progress, it's probably easier if we don't have to play. So um, that would probably be probably be preferable. But uh, I mean, man, we've got a good squad. You know like we're going to have to beat good teams To do anything if it's not the first round Then it's the second round you're still going to have to You know we get We sometimes forget as fans what we actually get pleasure From like if we if we beat The Sixers in the first round You know and lose in the Second round it's going to feel just As good as if we beat some like The Brooklyn Nets or the Charlotte Hornets In the first round and then You know it's going to feel better i would say than than that than beating some random team in the first round and then losing in the second it's not honestly about how, how far you advance it's about you know it's about the moments man it's about the moments you know that the 2018 playoffs had so many memorable moments Tatum booming some dude you know and one day the Celtics some dude <laughs> some dude who was it? What was his name again? What was that guy?
0: Uh, I forget. I forget. He, forget. <laughs> he might he might get a Netflix documentary in twenty years. Uh, not if a if Paul
1: Pierce has anything to do with it. <laughs> 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 but but like you know, one day, honestly, like the Celtics, like the Celtics might turn into the Golden State Warriors one day and win you know, won a bunch of championships. We'll we'll have en- we won't enjoy them any le- like we won't have enjoyed that playoff run in twenty eighteen any less than we will enjoy the championship run. You know? Yeah. Like we should welcome I, I would I would feel stink if we missed out on a matchup with the Sixers. How about that? You know, so if it comes in the first round, great. I'll relish it.
0: The opportunity to beat
1: them yeah. and to, uh, to hold that over those fans for another year. It's what it's about, man. It's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also remember all the stress we put on getting the two seed. And suddenly, yeah. it's like regardless oh. of the two, the three seed in in a, in a potential Raptors Celtics matchup, like it's just there's no home court in Disneyland somewhere. Yeah, who cares? It just comes down to the more talented roster. And sorry, but I think the Celtics have the more talented roster. I think that that actually helps us there. Just like I think the Sixers kind of had the more talented roster as well. So it's it's kind of twofold in that sense.
1: Yeah, we we've done well against the Raptors. Um, the Raptors are pretty stacked, though, man. <laughs> A pretty jolly stack. And I I man, I just I have so much respect for that team. I just love how they built it. But anyway, we're digressing. We are digressing. Now
0: but before we wrap this one up, the last dance finished up last week and regardless of whether you enjoyed it, it has resulted in a steady supply of additional content for fans and the timing has been perfect. you can't argue that but with the show ending there's once again this basketball hole to fill right and as we've been discussing that that may well be filled soon but joe humor me for a second but but picture this you're walking down the street one day and you happen upon a lamp with the nba logo on it and not a light <laughs> lamp a, a lamp lamp like a like a receptacle lamp and 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 you rub the lamp and a genie comes out and i i guess it's Shaq or whatever <laughs> but the genie offers to grant you three NBA documentary wishes, and you can wish upon the existence of three high quality last dance style documentaries on any NBA subject you like. Joe, what are they?
1: Ooh. Well, I feel like it's easy to sort of like come up with a list of nominees, you know. Um, s- some nominees that I can definitely think of would l- I'd love to know. Whether Ainge was actually going to draft KD, so like the KD Odin thing, like people forget how people forget how hyped Greg Odin was. Like when the Celtics were basically tanking that season, it was all about the Greg Odin sweepstakes. Greg Odin was like the biggest high school star. I can remember honestly, like because uh, I used to follow Draft, Ex- well Draft Express and their predecessor site back then was something like. Draft Planet or something like that. It Sort of came out of the real GM forums, but
0: um, it sounds like a '90s NBA site.
1: Anything Planet yeah. Slash GeoCities, <laughs> yeah. Angel Fire, <laughs> yeah. Lycos. <laughs> <Like> uh, <us. laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so I remember. I remember. Uh, Odin was huge, man. Like Derek Rose was really big, but Odin was huge. Like Odin was like, and and it was almost unthinkable. Like a year out. Like nobody was thinking that Durant was gonna be the number one pick, you know, a year out. And um I'd love to know what Ainge really would have done. Like for real for real. Like and I need to see the receipts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a good one. I, I um I've got the Mark L. Fultz story, the full expose on what the hell happened with Fultz between his college and his first NBA game. Oh yeah. Uh special guest might have to be Danny Ainge, who you were just talking about. Um, but, like, with his voice modified and a, and a shadow cast over his face for anonymity. Because I, I feel like Ainge was the... He had to have been one of the first people to have been like, oh, like, there's something wrong, wrong with this guy, right? Because he had the first pick at the time. He had Marco Fultz around to... The you know the Celtics arena, and he, he went to Chipotle with him, and <laughs> and I got to know him, and would have been one of the first people to be like, oh, okay, like we can't draft this guy. I want to know what happened there. I want to know, and this is not a, a diss on, on Marco Fultz at all. I, I very much want him to have a fully successful NBA season, but I just want to know what happened there because something happened between that, that college season, that last college season, and and him being drafted into the NBA, and I, I, I would like the full expose on that. The title would be, I've got three potential titles here, Shoot from the Yips, <laughs> My Yips Don't Lie, or You Son of a Hitch." Um, all of them obviously shot related, but, uh, what, about, uh I want to know what happened. There. What about no faults divorce? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah. There's many, many faults related puns that are available, which is why it's an easy number one for me. <laughs> the faults in our stars. <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> that's good. Have you, have you got a number two? You don't have to go to three. There's no pressure, well, but have you got a second I kinda wanna, documentary? I kind of want
1: to chew over that one. Cause that's a good one. Cause man, I remember. I was not in favour of that trade. I was not in favour of it at all. I was like, because Folz was like consensus, eh? And yeah, I honestly, remember watching all of his highlights, Foltz looked awesome in summer league too. Like I remember yeah. watching there, i thinking, man, this guy's so smooth. And I also, you just watch him even now, and it just like, man, he just looks like he's just he's got like silky power, you know? Like he's oh man, he yeah. really should That's be great. The thing.
0: Like, Mm. even in Summer League, he looked great. So what
1: the hell happened? What happened, man? How do you forget
0: how to shoot? Like that's. I just want the the fly-on-the-wall documentary, like the guy who's like, yeah, I was out with Markel, and, uh, you know, we were bowling, and he picked up a ball that was, like, way (laughs) too heavy for his frame, and he was never the same after that one bowl."
1: You know, there has to be some explanation. I want to see it. I want to know. Bizarre, man. Bizarre. I remember thinking at the time, like, Ainge, like, I don't care how much extra value you get. And that pick wound up being the Lakers pick, which didn't convey. <laughs> and then the Kings pick, which wound up being number 14. So like, <laughs> Markel got his own back a little bit there, but. Um, oh, the the death on Romeo Langford, Yeah. Game became Romeo Langford, <laughs> um, Who also <laughs> can't shoot. But um, <laughs> the, I remember thinking, man, like I don't care how much extra value we get here. Like if Tatum's not a better player than Fultz, this trade is like you just don't trade the number one pick in the draft, right? You know? Yeah.
0: Um and, and meanwhile, Tatum on the current day sixes is a freaking nightmare. Oh, wow. Especially for the current day Celtics starring one marker faults. It's terrifying.
1: Poor old Philly, man, like how they were really more stacked than we were. <laughs> like when you look you know, like they really had more like they had more chips really than we did, you know? mm mm-hmm. In cap space to boot But Yeah Anyway um, Okay so This is my other nominee And Probably the Paul Pierce Stuff has brought it up But like The rivalry with LeBron From Really Paul Pierce versus LeBron Like you could trace it (laughs) All the way through To at least Like At least the 2012 You could do You could do a really good series From I Wait to 2012 About You know LeBron James Versus the Celtics Essentially Because we knocked him out in 08 09 we didn't see him 2010 we famously knocked him out Hell yeah 2011 that was the Rondo bent elbow game by Dwayne Wade Mm -hmm. Remember that And then you had 2012 which was pretty dramatic Because it was sort of the Celtics last stand And and then LeBron goes nuts in game 6 Like I just think That's a really Like that period of time Apparently they just hate each other You know like There's still no love You know (laughs) Imagine um, leaving LeBron out of
0: your top five. I, I love Paul Pierce but <laughs> that is absurd. what the hell man.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I Tim Duncan most underrated of all time, but man, I don't know I think Kobe is so overrated at this point. I mean I know it's hard to speak, yeah. out of the dead, but like I'm telling you, man, like you just weren't gonna win as much with him as you would have with Tim Duncan. But anyway, that's yeah. another thing. That's another. That's that's just, that's a debate for another day. So yeah, so like the Celtics versus LeBron, that, that that the history of that like the history of that rivalry, and you can date it back to the spitting thing because LeBron's first preseason game was against the Celtics, as was referenced in this um, some of these hoop streams. I remember that game. Yeah. Not watching it, of course, we couldn't actually watch it. <laughs> we didn't have the tech back then. <laughs> but I remember the the spitting thing was like it's not it's not like some you know hit secret. Bit of league history, it was definitely out there at the time. Can you can you tell?
0: I like, I don't have a good memory of the spitting thing, and I'm sure some people listening don't either. Can you
1: can you explain the spitting situation? Well, I don't know what caused it, but Paul Pierce spat at the Cleveland Cavs bench in a preseason game. <laughs> in a preseason game. So this must... is in the LeBron's rookie year. LeBron's rookie year, so 2003. Okay. Yeah. Um, first preseason game. The Celtics at the time, uh, if I remember correctly. We're hoping for a rehabilitated Vin Baker to come back and be a force for them. <laughs> we were we had just traded Antoine Walker to the Dallas Mavericks. Danny Ainge had just taken over. Um, what else? What else had happened in '03? We dra- drafted Marcus Banks and Kendrick Perkins. Um, Marcus was, Banks
0: is apparently a killer NBA 2K player, by
1: the way, in a, a, circa 2004. <laughs> He um he was really athletic. He he could block some shots. That was that was probably one of the more famous highlights. And Delonte West and him, we we they, we tried to get a nickname "Flash and Cash" going for for, <laughs> for him and Delonte West, but it didn't, it didn't take. Yeah. So the 03 Celtics were Mike James. I'm pretty sure was the point guard. Yeah. Um. Anyway, this is just this is just stupid. But yeah, that that was that was the context. The Celtics weren't very good, and neither were the Cavs. By the way. Celtics actually wound up trading with the Cavs later on in the year for Ricky Davis. Um, and yeah, the um the Cavs the Cavs weren't that good. We weren't that good and for whatever reason <laughs> Paul Pierce decided to spit at the Cavs bench. Can't remember the mm. reasons why. Just remember the incident happened. I think I, I like that in the style of uh you know, there's that
0: Seinfeld episode where they recount the the um the spitting on—is it Rudy Fernandez or the, the you know the baseball player that Newman spits on? And it's like that slow motion JFK assassination style the recount Pruda, of the of the, the Pruda spitting Pruda on film. the baseball player. <laughs> yeah,
1: but, yeah, For, yeah, for the sake film. of the podcast, I'm going to say yes. I know the episode. <laughs> Might have to go look it up.
0: It's a deep cut. I mean, it's a fucking 20 year old TV show, so I, I would be, forgive anyone for not knowing what I'm talking about. But to, for the sake of moving this along, uh, my wish number two: the full flu game expose. That, that pizza story, Bullets. absolute horseshit, in my opinion. <laughs> I want the one-on-one MJ interview, like, 20 years from now, which is like, um, you know, I'm, I'm terminal. Like, I haven't got long left. <laughs> I'm just going to tell everyone what happened. Uh, just tell us exactly what happened on the night. The title, Statute of Blood Alcohol Limitations, oh, and admission 22 years in the making.
1: <laughs> Surely I, he I, was hungover. Over. Definitely hungover. Why, why else are you ordering a pizza at... Twelve at night, like you've you've been on the terps, mate. <laughs> yeah, right. And why?
0: Why did no one else be like, oh yeah, Shangas and meat lovers? You know, like why was <laughs> why was no one else like, oh yeah, I'll get one. There's so there's so many holes in that story. So just like Just admit holes. it, mate. And
1: it's fine. Five... You still won the game. You've, it's fine. Just tell us you were hungover. And it's, it's no one's gonna hold it against you. And the the weirdest thing is, of course, they're not gonna leave Michael Jordan's. They're not gonna be like, oh, this is Michael Jordan. By the way, I've ordered a pizza. And if you were the pizza guy, would you believe it if it was Michael Jordan, you know, like, would you believe the guy placing the order was Michael Jordan? Of course you wouldn't, you know, so that whole five friends thing sounds bogus to me.
0: And how do you poison it? Like, oh, I've got this bottle of poison here. I've been waiting for the Michael Jordan pizza order. <laughs> Yay, it's come in now. I'll pour it on this pizza specifically for who we think is Michael Jordan. Just it makes no sense. Uh,
1: the, the, one of the it. theories was there's some rancid meat, but like that stuff doesn't go off honestly that quick. Like I had some bacon in the fridge for like two months, man. I'm telling you, like it's pushing it. I'm not proud of it, but I ate it (laughs) and I'm fine.
0: (laughs) Have you got a, have you got a wish number three for Shaq slash the NBA documentary genie?
1: Um, for me, I love like, it's probably not so much a documentary. It's more maybe some magical realism. I love (laughs) an alternate reality where Grant Hill doesn't get hurt. What does it look like? I love, Interesting. love Grant Hill's game, yeah. I like they I were m-
0: calling him the second coming of MJ for a little while. There, I'm right? telling
1: you, man, you got to watch some Grant Hill highlights. Oh my gosh, just a killer! And mm. I guess along those lines, I would have loved to seen Jordan face off against a larger one because I love a larger one's game. Um, in '95, would that would have been a cool series, man. I love a like a you know an NBA ul- NBA alternate history. You know, sort of like how *Inglorious Bastards* is like <laughs> we're talking about. You know, *Inglorious Bastards* is like fictional World War Two. You know, yeah, um, something like that. That's a really cool idea. I love that. Uh, like alternate reality,
0: um, MJ beats Barkley in the '93 season and just powers on to '94. They re-sign Horace Grant or they bring over that version of of um, Dennis Rodman and and just make to the finals and play Hakeem and those guys. And what happens there? That's uh that's really interesting. I would love to see that.
1: King was good, man. Like how many do you reckon the Bulls would have won if if he hadn't retired? Like if he hadn't retired, how many do you think they would have won on the try? Like say they go
0: back to back against that Rockets team, surely they drop one, right? Like surely, surely. they drop that ninety four one where MJ's tired, like they're all buggered. If they have re signed Robman at that point, you know, like they're just at the peak of their tiredness and, and then they, they come back after having been defeated with, like, some more fuel in their tank and then they take them out. Um Because the decline of, of Olajuwon was, like, pretty steep. Like, it happened pretty quickly. Um But I just, I can't imagine
1: a four-peat against Prime Akeem Olajuwon. Can you? No, I mean, it just seems, <laughs> I mean, it's just too hard for anybody to win that much. No one else yeah. has done it, you know? Um. For me, though, like watching it does remind me of why I think MJ's the greatest. And, and it's for no other reason, honestly, than he just did it prettier than anyone else. You know? Yeah. Like, I reckon that really matters. You know? it's not That's ultimately why people think Kobe's better than Tim Duncan. It's not because he's more effective. I promise you Tim Duncan is equally as effective as Kobe, if not more. But I get it, man. Kobe did beautiful things on the basketball court, and Tim Duncan didn't. You know, like that matters in our minds, but MJ was both, yeah. you know, he, he was, it was full man function.
0: It's what people love about the game It's the aesthetics, yeah. it's the, it's totally. the shoes, it's the finesse, it's the shimmies, it's the hezzy jimbos, it's all those things that, that make it an aesthetically pleasing game. And Kobe Why had that it over Tim Duncan. Why shouldn't
1: tenfold. it matter? Right. You know?
0: I didn't want to get too much into into the last dance because there's been, like I said, a huge resurgence in, in content um, as a result of the last dance and everything's already been said. But um, are you completely back to like MJ was the greatest of all time? Like had you ever derived from that and are you now completely back there as a result of that documentary?
1: Um, I've always been a little, little bit of a LeBron hater. I think I'm on record on this podcast as <laughs> calling him a wanker. <laughs> uh, yeah, a dickhead comes to mind as well <laughs> Well, is also a dickhead But I guess he's just my kind of dickhead I, He's I, a cooler dickhead A much I, cooler dickhead I think oh, man, He's like Joe Pesci <laughs> LeBron would probably be a lot easier to be around every day I, I get the feeling, you know But MJ just MJ, you just take him seriously Even though he's, yeah. you know Telling a few porkies, you know, he just has a gravity to him, whereas LeBron's Taco Tuesday guy, you know, it's just a little harder to take. And one of the things about MJ is MJ, for, for all of like he doesn't, he talks trash like crazy, but somehow he never comes out and toots his own horn, you know, in and in a public way like LeBron would, you know. Mm. Um, and somehow that's better, you know. <laughs> Somehow it somehow it's more legitimate if, if if he tells you what he's gonna do like I'm gonna dunk on you or I'm Larry Bird and I'm gonna shoot this three in your face Xavier McDaniel like that doesn't come off as arrogant in a way that telling people after the fact your accomplishments made you the greatest so I, for me Jordan was always pretty safe there to be honest just that I don't think anyone's ever played the game as beautifully I I, I just surely not you know you read
0: a Sutro heights um with regards to the the documentary thing they had an idea for one called after the dance which is just a solid hour of all the terrible moves that mj made as the owner of the hornets (laughs) um all cut with him playing golf like talking about how they'll be fine next year i think that's an interesting point because there's been a few amateur documentaries to come out on youtube um after the fact as a result of the last dance to sort of chronicle his, his post-Bulls career. And um, you can kind of see where they left it out, right? Like it's not, not pretty. President of Basketball Operations at the Wizards, joining the team, getting them meniscus surgery, and ultimately sort of flailing out there. And then whatever this Hornets thing has been. But at the same time, you, you kind of wish that they included some of that in
1: the documentary. Well, it's, it's too perfect a narrative. You know, like that. And the scene, that the climactic scene in The Last Dance regarding the last shot, like it was awesome. It was great, um, and it you know it fits a really nice tidy narrative arc. Um, but yeah, I, that's the stuff I find the most interesting. Like I I knew that it was awesome, but I knew what happened there. You know, like I yeah. know Jordan hits the last shot. I actually, like a lot of the stuff in the last dance, I was put me in the camp of people who enjoyed the documentary series, but it wasn't what I signed up for. Like, I wanted mm-hmm. to actually see a story about the 97-98 Instead, I got a story essentially about Michael Jordan and how some of the other people arrived at the Bulls. Like, 97-98, mm-hmm. the like, there was stuff all. Other than the Indiana and Utah series, like, there just really wasn't, like, it may as well have not existed, you know? Yeah. Um yep. there just wasn't like there just wasn't that much like I don't know how many hours of content would have come from the 97 98 season, but it honestly felt like maybe you could have filled one of the episodes with it. Maybe it was just boring. I don't know. Um so I would have liked to see more of that. Um i actually it's interesting. I was watching it with my girlfriend and she's like she starts googling and she's interested in his personal life. You know, like what happened with his marriage? Why have you with this you know like you don't find his anything kids. about that yeah. like that stuff is the most important uh, like that stuff is actually the most interesting stuff like the personal details behind athletes in their early lives like the the stuff that you really just don't know like if you read a sports biography it's like to me the most interesting bits are like the first four chapters where they actually tell you the stuff you've never heard before and then mm, after that sure. it's like <laughs> it's the rest of their career that you kind of already know you know um, that, that color, that gives you color for what, we want to know what sort of person he is, right? That's why we watched, you know, and, um, that's what I want to
0: see. I hope that we get the full MJ expose when he's like 75, uh, on his deathbed from too many cigars. And he's like, bring a camera in here. I want to tell you what happened to the flu game. You know, I want to tell you what happened with my retirement and why I left and why I came back and why I retired again early and I, I, I want all that information it, it's out there and it's
1: not too late to get it we just have to be patient for it I guess putting up with the MJ propaganda was the price to pay to seeing some behind the scenes footage you know and I, 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 yeah. I mean I'm, I'll, I'll take the deal it doesn't mean that I wouldn't prefer to negotiate a different one but that was what was offered and that was it you know so I understand why the documentary was the way it was
0: Look, that is going to do it for this one. Thank you, everyone, for listening if you're still with us at this point. Let us know your thoughts on all the discussion points from tonight and you can find us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod, or better yet, just comment on the Reddit thread for this episode. Joe, really good to see you again, man. It's been a while. I hope we can not have so much time between this podcast and the next one.
1: You too, Ben. Um, I hope to discover some really valuable basketball cards in your position. Trumpet it to the world. (laughs)
0: I'll go digging and I'll I'll let you know between now and the next pod. All right, until next time, go Celtics. Peace.